Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. This episode is brought to you by Mike Young, the Makeover Master. If you feel your business image might be costing you money, influence, power, and respect, then head over to makeovermaster.com to discover what their complete brand makeover experience is all about. Go check it out right now because everyone deserves to look their best. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. Super pumped up for our guest today. He's got an incredible story with a very similar background as myself. He started his journey playing hockey, almost making it pro to the NHL but was hit with a health scare that changed the entire direction of his life. He then went on to running a very successful music festival business, but again was thrown a curveball that forced him into another direction and had to shut it down. From there, he had to move away from his family and work on the oil patch, which was very tough. Anybody that has to move away from their family goes through a lot of different struggles. Not too long after, he was then presented with another business opportunity that would be massive game changer in his life and his family's life. Him and his wife, Nikki, are the founders of Live Loud Marketing, where they have helped hundreds of people and empower them with the mentorship fundamentals to be able to create their own entrepreneurial journey. So excited to have him on. Colin Cobza, welcome to the show, man. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for having me. Man, super excited to have you on, be able to chat, hear your story. You have so many different levels of, uh, of things that have gone on in your life, and there's so many lessons that we can, we can highlight here for people and help. So maybe let's just go back. Let's dive deep. Let's go back to the, you know, around maybe your hockey journey. Let's explain from there, fill in the gaps, and let's go and see where it takes us, man. Killer. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again for having me. Uh, super stoked. Happy New Year. You too, um, man. Yeah, so... Uh, growing up, I grew up in a small town in Alberta, Canada, and uh, was actually born in Singapore. My dad was an offshore driller, so we lived overseas for six or seven years. And uh, as soon as we got back to Canada, I, I found uh, an instant love for hockey, uh, just being on the rink, going to the rink, playing on the outdoor rinks uh, uh, in Gibbons here. And um, and I uh, I found I was I became quite a, a good little hockey player. Uh, didn't really know where it was going to take me, but uh, once we got into that Bantam, Pee Wee and Bantam level, I knew that I had some sort of a skill and um, was playing on some elite teams. Um, I started off my junior career and uh, played in the Western Hockey League for the Regina Pats and uh, finished off my junior career in uh, the BC Junior League uh, playing for the Nanaimo Clippers. Um, From there, I signed a deal with um, the Oklahoma City Blazers I uh, got called up to um, Utah, uh, played a little bit uh, for the Grizzlies in the American League. And uh, things were, everything seemed to be aligning, um, except my health. I started to uh, just get tired uh, quickly and um, just wasn't myself. And uh, ended up going to the doctor and uh, was diagnosed with a stage four Hodgkin's. So if you don't know what that is, it's, it's a, a cancer in your lymphatic system um, that's quite serious. I ended up doing uh, 16 rounds of chemo and uh, with people's prayers and, you know, all different types of 
uh, remedies as, uh, that I was using, uh, I, I survived. So I was very, very lucky. There's people obviously that survive and that people that don't survive. So I was definitely one of the lucky ones and super, super grateful for that. Um, that being said, my, uh, I had to take a year off hockey and I was just never the same. My, you know, it's, uh, there's, it's such a competitive game and there's so many amazing players out there and, uh, taking a year off was super hard and, uh, I ended up just, um, shutting her down. So I was super grateful for the time that I did have playing hockey, but it was time to, time to look for something new. Uh, the tough part though, Lance is I didn't have an education. Um, I was always, I always thought that I was just going to make it to the NHL and, uh, create my uh, career playing hockey, but didn't have an education. So it was, it was tough after I didn't really know, uh, what else to do. Right. So I got to a little, little bit of structure, uh, framing homes and, um, but it, I wasn't passionate about it. Right. So it's quite, uh, it was a tough time, but I was also grateful that I survived. Yeah, man, that's crazy. So, I mean, that's what happens is so many athletes, we have that, that end goal in mind, like making it pro, but I know for hockey personally, education, what was kind of on the back burner, right? Because we put all our eggs in one basket. They say not to, but we do. So obviously that being a huge scare, you know, what did you, what do you think that you applied in your life daily that kind of helped you get through that? Because not everybody can, can fight an illness like that. Is there some things that you actually, you know, worked on daily in order to sort of get the beat a disease like that? Yeah, that's an amazing question. Um, I've always been quite spiritual and, um, you know, and just a big believer in, and you know, the universe and, and God. And um, so when I was sick, I, there was a lot of, there was a lot of really cool things that happened during my journey. And I do look at, I'm grateful now that I did, did get it just because, it has changed my life and my life. Every, I believe everything does happen for a reason. Um, but when I, when I did get sick, um, I started meditating a lot. Um, I started listening to a lot of uh, Tibetan uh, chimes, so bells. So that would be like uh, healing vibrations within your, in your body. Um, this was the first step, I guess, of, you know, my personal development and um, my really deep spiritual journey. But, I'm a big believer that you can heal yourself if you, if you have the right conversations, um, you know, with yourself and I, I can dive deeper in, into that in a little, a little bit later in the call. But, um, I dry, started drinking a lot of, uh, Chinese tea, um, started eating a lot of, uh, different types of, um, Asian nuts, um, relatively tried to keep a healthy diet and just, uh, the biggest thing, buddy, is probably just believing, just believing and manifesting that I was going to be okay. And that's, uh, that was kind of my daily method of operation when I was sick. Was there some tough days? Absolutely. Um, there was some really challenging days, but um, with my, uh, my chemotherapy uh, schedule, it was um, every 15 days. So day one and day 15. So day one to three were really tough. And then after my 15th day, like my day 15, 16, 17, well, we're, we're tough because you're, you're battling all the medicine that they're putting in your body, right? Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, 
it's for me, I find it fascinating, you know, because I, I lost my dad to cancer and some people beat it. Some people don't. I just find it fascinating. Like, what is that variable that, you know, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things you can do. You can eat right. But if your mindset's not there, I feel like that has such a huge factor that a lot of people really don't, you know, value enough. And I feel like it's getting, it's getting more evident now. People are getting more educated, but I really feel like the people who have that high vibration, that positive outlook, tapping into that tend to heal a lot faster. So let's, okay. So for a young guy, you were, you know, you were going through a hard time, right? Like say hockey's done, you know, that itself is, is tough knowing that the one thing you've worked on is, is is over, you know, you beat cancer. So you're, you're getting, you know, you're feeling good about that, but where do you go from there, man? Like, how do you, how do you bounce back from that? You know, without getting self-destructive or did you, you know, what, what was your next move after that? Where did you go? Um, I was a lost soul, uh, 22, no education. Um, I was actually living with my folks because I always, I lived with my folks all the time in the off season. Um, I would, uh, you know, travel around uh, wherever I was playing junior, I'd come home in the off season, live with my folks and wherever I signed, that's where I would stay the winter. So when I, every summer that I'd be training, I'd just come back and live with my folks. So I was 22. Um, I did not know what to do. Uh, depression. I wasn't, I did, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have anxiety, but I was depressed. I, I, you know, I'd, turn on the tube and I'd watch guys that I was playing with that I thought that I was possibly better than playing hockey, uh, playing in the NHL, my childhood dream. Um, so watching hockey was like something that I love to do, but it also got me depressed. Um, so, but after that, I just, uh, I had to do something and I've always kind of been like a little bit of a workhorse. So, uh, the easiest thing was just to get into construction, uh, uh, reached out to a friend of mine and so I just started building homes with him doing a lot of exterior finishing and uh, it was good but I just wasn't passionate about it like so I just didn't really didn't know what I was going to do and um, I'll kind of jump ahead here and uh, and that's when in 2005 I threw a little bit of a party and we called the party it was actually a birthday party for a buddy named Wes and uh, we called the party Boonstock and we had three bands. I think there was about 160 people there. And uh, I just, I really enjoyed it. I loved seeing people get together and kind of the challenges of marketing this little event. And uh, found a love for, I found a love for that real quick. Yeah. So what kind of things did you like about it? Did you, did you feel like you had like an entrepreneurial style of, uh, you know, cause that's a completely different road going from hockey to that. Did that kind of light you up a bit, knowing that, man, maybe I should turn this into like a business? Did you feel like that was your sort of your path on being an entrepreneur? Well, and it's funny because when you throw an event for 20,000 people and you have an event for 150 people, there's similar logistics that need to take place, right? Um, and yeah. what I loved is I loved the marketing aspect of it. Like, um, okay, guys, like, okay, we're going to throw this party. Like, what do we do to how to how to attract people to come to this event. So we printed off flyers. Um, I had to organize the bands. I had to organize like, you know, the production side of things. Like, you know, does this little band want lighting? Like what kind of musical gear do they need? Like I had no clue on the production side 
Um, but I, I loved, I loved putting it together, like putting the, pe- the, the key pieces of like building it. And then, you know, once people arrive, like how can we create the best atmosphere and experience for the people that are coming? Um, even if it's like, you know, a hundred people. So I loved, uh, I loved putting it all together. So you guys were obviously you became successful. Maybe just tell people listening on, you know, how successful you guys became and you know, what, what was, what, what rocked you off your course there as far as Boonstock? Yeah. Um, well, I still had to obviously continue to work, uh, in 2005, um, even though we had the event, but, um, in 2006, I asked the guys, do you guys want to do this again? And they, uh, they said no. And so I, uh, I found a new lo- a location, um, in my dad's barn. Uh, um, <laughs> and it, it got a little bigger. Like we, I hired, I think there was like eight or nine bands and six or seven DJs in 2006. And uh, we went from in 2005 with 150 people to 2006. We just, we just got north of a thousand people coming to, to Boonstock. Wow. Um, I charged $50 a, a head in 2006. And so I kind of broke down the budgets and I'm like, yeah, there's a little bit of money, obviously not enough money to, survive a whole year from from throwing an event um but in uh, 2007 it got a lot more real like we uh i spent uh probably close to twenty thousand dollars on the event and uh had about five or six thousand people uh come come and i knew at that point that we had something special where um, people were looking for somewhere to go like you know like a little musical music event where people can come experience other people good food um, good bands and good DJs. And that's when I knew, um, that I was going to put the pedal to the metal and, uh, really grow, grow the festival. Um, did you want me to touch base on like how it all evolved for the next four or five years? Or did you have another, another question that you just, yeah, man, I just want to, it's, it's unbelievable to be a a music festival. I mean, it's, um, not everybody can do something like that, you know? And, there's obviously a certain amount of skill to be able to pull that off. And you have to, obviously you want to be service to people, right? It's, it's kind of, it comes down to you want to help people and give a service. So, you know, yeah, like let's, let's hear about the evolution of it. And then, you know, what was the downfall of everything and and what, what took you off from doing that? Cool. Um, well, and we really grew the event like from 2008 to 2010, we had some growers where in 2010, we were doing um, close to 15 to 20,000 people over the event, um, over the weekend. And at that point, that's when I really under, had to understand um, that comes with the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, some people start to get jealous. Um, some people love the event. But when you start to gain in that kind of size, um, governing officials start to step in. And so that's when I got my first taste of, you know, big liquor board meetings and governing meetings and county meetings, um, dealing with neighbors and all that kind of stuff. And, um, it's, that's, that, that comes with the territory. And I, you know, I actually quite enjoyed it, um, just because we were being recognized, um, big time by the, the people around our community. 
and, and around our county. Um, obviously, there's some challenges there because there's uh, governing officials that do not like these kind of events. Um, and that comes, that's, that's challenging because, you know, you love your event and other people will love it as well. But people that maybe don't like that kind of genre of music, they, they definitely don't like it and don't support it. And they have, you know, they have some big pull because they're governing bodies, right? So those were some of the challenges that we got into. Um, in 2013, um, I got wind that there were some governing officials that were going to not give me a permit. Um, so that was super stressful going into the event. Um, and it did come to light, uh, after the event, uh, I went to a County meeting and they, uh, they didn't want to, they didn't want to, uh, give us a permit because we were getting too size for, or too big for uh, the area that we were working with, which was not, not, not the case. Cause I owned, uh, my folks and I owned the land that we were on and we had uh, close to 250 acres. So we had plenty of room, but you know, nonetheless, that was the excuse that they gave me. And when you don't have an, a, a permit, um, and you're that kind of, you're that size of an event, you can't host it because you can't get a liquor or you can't get, uh, a liability, liability insurance, right? And you have to have insurance just because anything can happen, right? So yeah. we ended up moving the event to a place called Penticton and kind of the negative, uh, the negative politics followed. And um, we were actually working with the Penticton Indian Band, who's a, a, an amazing uh, band to work with. Um, but the one permit that we needed um, to serve liquor was a liquor license. That's it's uh, I don't know if it's federally or provincially ran, uh, but nonetheless, four days before the event happened, um, they didn't give us a liquor license. And that's when um, a lot of things like he's talked about in the intro, uh, my life spiraled downhill, depression came back, anxiety. Uh, my wife and I were doing extremely well with uh, running the event and um, liquor was a very big part of it. Um, we had um, national sponsors, like, you know, I don't want to name them, but, uh, well, I can name, I guess, a few, but like Bacardi, Labatt's, uh, so that would be Budweiser, Twisted Tea. Um, we had big, big sponsors, so with no liquor license, uh, that caused some major friction. And uh, long story short, buddy, we, we ended up losing $1.7 and I was 32 years old. I, again, I had no ed- education. This was... This was our business, and it was gone within four days. So um, some seriously hard times, business bankruptcy, a personal bankruptcy, and uh, just spiraling downhill, massive anxiety, um, financial pressure. My marriage was uh, – we were good, but, like, when, you, when you're financially stressed like that, it does cause some serious tension on – on the relationship. So, um, Nikki and I, uh, we're, and we're still together, but at that time we're, we were struggling, uh, and facing some serious challenges. So, um, some rough times. Yeah. Those, uh, those music festivals, man, they're, they're tough. Cause you're dealing with so many liabilities as well. Like the only mess, the only music fest that I've actually was that Merritt mountain music fest. And I remember that was just insane, but I think they even had to shut that down for a while and now it's up again or something. But like, you always hear about the different things and somebody's trying to shut it down, whatever festival it is all over the place. Right. And it's gotta be tough and you gotta probably have that on the back of your mind 
all the time, right? Because if anything goes wrong, then you're going to have to, shit's going to hit the fan, right? So you, obviously that would have put stress on, on your relationship and how you look at business. So, you know, you've had a couple big, big smokes, you know, to the head, really, you know, your hockey career and business. So you're like, you're, you're thinking, what are you going to do? So did you, you went up and started working and, and, and was having another business, something that you would ever even think about, or how did that start? How did that come into, into picture? Yeah. Like, and it's, it's for us, it's frustrating. Like uh, being an entrepreneur is, you know, it comes with good, but it also has bad and ugly. Like it's tough. So after that, uh, we, I didn't have very much money and the money that I did have, I, I talked to my wife and I was like, do you want to get into a construction company? We have some jobs up in the oil patch that we can do. And she was not supportive at all. Um, and can't blame her. Um, yeah, no doubt, man. <laughs> just went through, just went through hell. And, uh, she said like, why don't you just go get a, a job and, um, work for someone for, for a while. And, you know, we just keep the, you know, the minimal money that we have just to make sure that it, uh, that we're okay. And, uh, you know, <laughs> not thankful for her, but she, I'm thankful for her, but not thankful that she approved me. Finally, I, I talked and talked her into it. And, uh, long story short, we ended up, uh, investing into a company and I started it up with a couple guys and, um, not long after that, I just realized that it wasn't what it was supposed to be. Um, the jobs that were promised weren't there. Um, the employees that were supposed to do the, the, you know, the really good work soon left the company. So then I had to do my best to go up there and save the company and do my best to, you know, put the work boots on and try and make things work. And, um, the company that we are, we were in, we're, we were specializing in concrete and there's a big difference from siding homes and building homes to placing concrete. I was not a, a concrete guy. And when concrete goes bad, it, it's expensive and it's, uh, it's hard to replace. It doesn't wait for anybody. So, uh, we, I soon learned that the investment uh, that we did didn't work out. It wasn't working out. And I had a really bad day. Um, I was up in a place called Fort McMurray and I just, I, I just, I actually left work that day and I sat in my truck and I cried. Um, cause I, I didn't know what foot to put forward. Um, I was stressing out massively because of bills and again, I just didn't know what to do. And I saw an advertisement online of a guy that's, who's now my mentor. And, uh, um, at that point I just, I, he, he was a healthy guy. He was traveling and he was talking about building a business online and I clicked the ad and I haven't looked back since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited to get into this, man, because you know, so many people have excuses in their life, right? Everybody's a victim of circumstance, you know, so people fail. They don't think they can do different things. They're scared to take chances, but they don't realize that a lot of this stuff is happening for them, not to them. So, and then I'm, you know, being on this journey, I've learned that too. You know, all these things that have happened to us actually are bringing us closer to these, these opportunities, right? So tell us about, let's, let's dive deep. How does, how did you get into it? Like, I know you got into it, but how did you, 
how did you get the confidence and how did you get the approval of the of your wife to get involved in this again obviously this is a huge step this is having to like you know do something again and put your energy into another direction so you know how did you how did you decide that this was the move and what happened like let's let's dive deep into this well the major line in the sand moment uh, was December 21st of 2016. Um, I was up in Fort McMurray and I knew things, I knew the company was failing. I knew money was tight, like beyond tight. And she called me and she said, she was, I couldn't even understand the first sentence or she said, and I was like, babe, just breathe. What's up? Like, what's going on? She said, our power's been cut off. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, like she's like, well, it's pretty self-explanatory, babe. Like, our power is cut off. We have no power, you know. And we had a three-year-old boy and a newborn. And so with no power, 21st living in Canada is not a good thing. And so that, that was my absolute line in the sand moment. Um, and it was uh, me coming home December 22nd when I came across um, the actual ad. And uh, so I talked to Nikki about it and I was like, I want to try this online journey. And she's like, no, like not a chance. Um, we're going back to work We're you know, we got to find other jobs. And so I probably had like six or $700 uh, to my name. And uh, I ended up investing into a $99 training. Um, and I started this journey and what it did is it, it, I kind of, there's so many things that it did, uh, but it was right away. I, I noticed like a lot of personal development um, books that they recommended in the training. And I was just like, well, this has nothing to do with building a business online. So I kind of got my first introduction to the personal development side. And then I uh, obviously learned how these, how people are marketing and it's called attraction marketing, affiliate marketing, um, if not, um, taking products and services or products, advertising those products. And then once people purchase those products, you get paid. And I was, was quite, quite blown away of like how big this can be. Um, but it, it was, uh, it was quite, uh, quite the first two weeks because she, my, I didn't, I lied. I, I didn't tell Nikki that I invested into the training and, uh, she, when I was home, she was like, what are you working on? And I said like, and I was honest. I just said like, to be honest, I just, uh, I started, I started this training online and, uh, I said, do you mind just doing it like with me so we can learn together and just see if this is something that we, we like. And, uh, she started with me. We did our first, like, you know, five or six modules together and, we both bought in. We both saw the, the big picture and uh, her and I have not looked back, Lance. Yeah, no, and for sure. It, so many people I talk to, there's that same thing and it's, it's every sex, successful person after successful person says it's that shift when you go into the personal development where it becomes working on yourself, filling your own glass so that you can help others fill theirs. And it's instead of chasing the money, it's, it's being a service and I've, I, I hear it over and over and over again. And even in myself, when I remember when I first got into the journey, 
It was always about something else. And when you realize that, why am I reading these books? Like, what, what does this have to do with it? And then it's not even like, at first, it's not even a tangible thing. You just feel, you feel different. You feel better. You're, you're, at a, you're operating at a higher level. So, yeah. And, and I just, I love how you, you talked about that because so many people need that in their life. And that personal development has just been such a huge factor for so many people I talk to, including myself. So you, you obviously have, uh, you, you communicate very well. You're, you're a leader. Now with this, this journey, you know, what are the, what are the struggles that you've found being online as it is a completely different journey than what you're used to? And what are some of the things that people listening would be skeptical about, about getting involved into that and how you've been able to overcome those things to go on to become successful? Ooh, that's a loaded one. Um, that's what we do. We load them up here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, well, the first, the first breakthrough that I had, because I, for me, I wasn't skeptical. Like I wasn't sure but I wasn't skeptical. I didn't feel like I, I didn't feel like I was getting scammed. I felt like this was a legit educational training, educational platform to teach people, average people to how to build a business online through advertising online. And maybe I understood it more because of Boonstock because you know, the, the last five or six years in Boonstock, um, well the, the first five five or six years in Boonstock, all my advertising was going to newspaper, radio. Um, yeah, like newspaper and radio. The last five years, like 95% of our budget was advertising on Instagram and Facebook. So maybe I understood the advertising part. So I wasn't skeptical. But the biggest shift for me is um, – I had to understand and I had to take, I had to take a look at my life and I had to start uh, being grateful for what I had. And that was one of the books um, uh, that they recommended is start practicing gratitude. And like, how can you practice gratitude when your power has been cut off? You've lost this, you've lost that. But you know what? Like we, when you start practicing gratitude, there was so many things that I was great. Like, that were great in my life. I was healthy, was married. We had a home. We were on the verge of losing it, but we still had that home. Um, my two children, you know, there's, you just, my hands, my eyes, my ears, like, you know, I don't want to start listing it off, but like you, if you're listening, you get the point. Start practicing what you're grateful for every day. Don't miss a day. And you're, you will shift the vibrational pattern in your body. And, and it, you know, when I talk about the vibrational pattern, it doesn't matter what your religion is, what color skin you are. We are vibrational beings. It just doesn't matter. We, you know, and so, and you can change your vibrational pattern with changing your thoughts, right? And so when I was down and out, I was always negative. I was always talking about how broke I was and how, and how just all the negativity. And that's how I was vibrating. And when I, started practicing my gratitude. I started vibrating more and little things started to change. I, I came across, you know, more and more people online that were positive, 
my newsfeed and my Facebook and my Instagram became more positive. So I wasn't vibrating negative all the time. And that was probably a big shift. Um, maybe hit me back with your question again, because I know I went off topic a little bit. But I just always love to, I, it's, it's really important for me um, to share that point of the shift because um, that hands down was where my life shifted. Yeah, no, you're, that's, that's totally good, man. I mean, that's what I mean is, is the gratitude is such an important foundation to anybody's life. And if you are having a bad day, regardless of what you're doing in life, just to have that presence and being, and being thankful for what you have, because there's somebody that has, that doesn't have what you have, you know, there's so many things. If you can't find 10 things to be grateful for, you need to look harder. You know, there's so many things and, and it's just the more you practice it, the better you feel. And you program yourself for the entire day, you know, and, and you're constantly in that mindset. And that's what we need to do. That's why reinforcing it every day is so important. And I, I loved how you went into that. So, yeah, no, basically what I'm saying, what I, was, what I was getting at, bro, was just there's always a change happening in this market as well, right? I mean, there's always things happening and there's a lot of comparisons. There's a lot of algorithms of, of things changing and there's a whole different set of problems with being online so you know how have you guys been able to adapt and maybe while adapting you know what what does your day look like you know and 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 give us maybe some so, some stories of some transformations with your within your team or you know things that you work on on a daily basis well i learned at a very early stage in our online career um of not to compare yourself to others. And that's really hard to do, especially with the world we live in. Like there's Facebook, Instagram, you know, there's, um, and, but so I stopped comparing our journey, like my life to other people, um, because it doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve you at all. And I was really lucky to have my wife alongside with me too. And we just, uh, she's such an amazing, uh, amazing lady. And if uh, you ever have a chance to interview, I, I highly recommend it because her, her story is incredible. And um, she actually ended up losing her dad um, a couple years ago. So we, 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 and this is when all everything was going down. So we went through some really tough times. So she's a, she's an amazing, amazing soul, but her and I have always just communicated um, to the best of our ability. And um, with some of the changes, like the world's changing, right? So what we love about the online space though, is um, you're able to tell your story. And um, what I love about that is because there's always someone on the other end that might be looking for some change or might be looking to be inspired. Um, maybe someone else is, you know, they're down and out. And I love like coming at people with gratitude and um, helping people change their life um, through the online space, through personal development. Um, Obviously, Facebook and Instagram, it's always changing. And it's actually a very exciting time because it's never been easier. Uh, if you're listening, and if you take one thing out of this call, it's never been easier for you to earn an income online and either replace that income and start building your journey from wherever you want to travel, from your cell phone or your laptop. Maybe you don't want to travel, but maybe you do. Maybe you have kids and you just want that extra income um, to do some extra things with your kids. And if you don't have children, maybe you just want to go 
travel the world and, you know, build a business from your laptop or your cell phone. It's never been easier. Is there a learning curve? 100%. Is it tough work? Yes. Do you have to step out of your comfort zone? Absolutely. But that's growing. And when you start growing like that, you, you start expanding your life. And there's, there's nothing more exciting in my eyes than, you know, the opportunity that we have in the, in the day and age that we live in. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's super exciting. And, you know, the, the quality of people you meet too. And at the end of the day, you have to be willing to change. There's a lot of, a uh, lot of stubborn people, old mindsets, and you have to change. You have to, you have to be willing to put the work in and, and change. And if you're not, then you probably won't, you know, be any in a different place than you are now in a year from now. So, um, well, that being said, uh, you know, you can be stubborn as, as you want. Like you can believe that the online world is not here and like, you know, creating a full-time income is not real or not possible or it's for the lucky ones. And I say bullshit. It's not for the lucky ones. It's for the people that want to take change or make a change, learn something new. But I'll tell you right now in the early 1900s or even late, like, you know, even into the 1980s, 1990s, you didn't see, uh, you know, teenagers and, you know, early people in their twenties making millions of dollars, you know, you just didn't see it. And you see that more and more now where, uh, and it doesn't, you don't, I don't need to make, you don't need to make the millions, but you didn't, like, there's some very successful teenage uh, people, uh, girls and boys and early adults making a very healthy uh, income online. And it's here, the digital, the digital revolution is here. And, the proof's in the pudding. Like you don't see the big box stores closing for a reason. People are going online. People are shopping online. So it's, it's, a, it's an industry that I didn't know that was even out there that I've absolutely fallen in love with because of the opportunity that it can pro- provide people. For sure, man. Where, where do you see yourself going with, with this business? Like, do you have any other things that you're working on side projects any stuff, any, anything exciting like that that you're uh, you're working on, or are you just fully focusing right now and just building uh, Live Loud? Um, no, like actually, I just, one of uh, one of my goals was always to to bring Boonstock back, um, and it's provide this is this business has provided me an opportunity to have that discussion again. So um, I've been working on Boonstock again, and. Uh, I'm not going to release any locations or anything like that, but uh, Boonstock 2020 will be born. It, it will be back. Um, so it's, uh, I'm an entrepreneur and uh, the online space has just given me the flexibility and the financial stability to, to look at other things. And uh, yeah, like, but I'll always, I will always advertise uh, products and services online just because there's a massive, massive marketplace for people that are buying products and services online. And, and if you can uh, promote those products and make a commission, then why not? Right. But, uh, I don't have too many projects in the go, but Boonstock is the other project that, uh, that I'm definitely working on. Yeah, bro. You're definitely an entrepreneur and you got a really, you got a great personality. I, you know, I've seen you do your, your videos, your go lives over the last you know year super positive message and anybody that gets to connect with you is, is super lucky, man. Like you got such high energy, you and your wife, Nikki are just amazing people. And you know, 
anybody that works with you and you get to and gets to be mentored by you in my opinion is is super blessed so man it's uh yeah no my pleasure man i want to make sure that uh everybody can find you let's get you plugged in you know what's the best place for people to find you which platforms uh yeah you can find us at live uh live loud um so that's live loud you can find our all our information there um colin.nikki um on instagram um yeah we have colin cobza uh on facebook um so we have all our handles there and uh yeah there's some really really big things going on man and um i just like i can't stress enough lance to if you're listening to this and you're you're just looking for a change like there's there's a big step on getting information and then taking action right but nothing in your life will change until you change and if you let that really sink in it it really hits home right and just it might not be this business that we're doing or but just go after your dreams and passions because we got one shot at this life and we don't get a redo so um sometimes it's hard especially when you're down and out um, and if you, and if you are down and out, the biggest thing I can recommend is, uh, start practicing gratitude, start writing three to five, 10 things that you're grateful for every day. And that's free. That doesn't cost you any money and your life will change if you stay consistent at that. Awesome, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. I was going to usually in, uh, in the episode, I ask, there's one thing that you can you know, suggest overcoming adversity, but it sounds like you nailed it down there right there by practicing gratitude. Is there anything else you'd like to add as one tip for somebody that's going through a really shitty, tough time that they, they can use in their life to overcome adversity other than gratitude? Well, I do have, um, I call this road work and what I recommend to overcome adversity. So my road work, this is your daily method of operation. and uh, so the first thing that you should do in the morning is wake up and just be grateful that you're alive. Um, I always recommend, uh, doing a meditation, um, at some point during the day. And, uh, I always recommend that you, uh, work out for an hour, get that blood flowing. And if you just do those three steps, a lot of things will change. Uh, my, excuse me, my daily method of operation is way more in depth now. But in the start, in the starting of anybody's journey and you're, you're looking for something, you can't overwhelm yourself because if you overwhelm yourself, you're, you're going to start failing at some of these activities. And, and once you stop doing those activities every day, then you go back into your regular paradigm, your regular habit, right? So if you, st- if you really want to change your paradigm, your habit, um, take two or three of these things and do them every day and your life will change fast it's it, this isn't a change that takes years your life will change within a week so um your mindset and once you have that clear mindset the world's your oyster for sure man and you know the man tony robbins says this himself he says you know you build confidence by keeping you know the promises with yourself and being able to check off those things daily even if it's just a couple things you're building momentum for your day you know you're setting yourself up as you feel like a winner, you've already, 
ticked off a couple things. You've changed your physiology a bit, your breathing, your, there's so many things that happen, you know, and I'm so glad you touched on that. So guys listening, make sure you get a morning routine. Make sure you do some sort of stillness, some sort of gratitude practice, movement, exercise. You can get vitamin D, get in the sun, even better, drink great water. <laughs> you know, there's so many things you can do, right? So, um, yeah, just awesome, man. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. I'm going to make sure all your stuff is in the show notes so we can find you. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Anybody listening out there, make sure you look up Colin and Nikki Cobza. They are amazing people. They're doing some incredible things. And if you need mentorship or you want to make a change in your life, look them up. They're amazing. So thanks very much, boss. I appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Super grateful for you, man. And, uh, wishing you nothing but a healthy and successful 2019, buddy. Cheers, man. Thanks so much. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks again. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got some value from that. Without you guys, this is impossible. So I really, really appreciate it. If you enjoyed the episode and got value from it, go ahead and rate it, review it, hit that subscribe button. We want to get this to as many people as possible. We want this thing to grow. So go ahead, rate, review, subscribe, and I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you so much. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.